And so he's just coming in and it's like, it's like the opposite of Oprah. Like, she's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> and he's like, you leave your job, you leave your job, you leave your job. So it's very interesting. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to episode 50 of the show While We Were Working. It is the show that helps you become a better leader of your small business or your small team. This is a cost for celebration. We're at episode 50. I can't believe we started this a little less than a year ago. I guess 52 will make a full year, so we'll celebrate then as well. But 50 is a nice, a nice round number. Uh, as always, I'm Joy Price, founder of Jumpstart. And joined by my awesome host, Summer Keytron. And this week, we're going to talk about something that's in the news that you may want to know, as well as if we could give a one-day manager training, what would it be? So you don't want to miss it. Let's go ahead and jump into our first segment, which is While We Were Working. While We Were Working is the piece of the show that helps you catch up on topics you might have missed from an HR perspective, and you might have missed them. Why? Because you were working. Summer, do you want to go ahead and say hey and set up this week's article or this week's uh, news event? Yes, it would definitely be my pleasure. Uh, Hey, Joey, and hey to all of our listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Now, if you've been following the news, uh, I think by now almost everybody has probably heard um, about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And one of the articles that was published caught my eye. And it was because there's uh, not too often that the things that you and I and and our small business leaders are are passionate about in business, it's not too often that those cross over into mainstream media. So I thought it would be really cool to just talk about uh, some of what's been happening um, as of uh, this article. So this article was published October 31st, Halloween in the AP News, and it's titled Musk Floats Paid Twitter Verification Fires Board. So we're not going to talk so much about, uh, you know, this hot topic about uh, the blue checkmark Twitter verification, but it's really the firing of the board and what that has prompted in terms of um, just massive change and also how that could impact the team um, that's there today. So I know that uh, Elon's a pretty polarizing figure and uh, he, he jumped in with guns blazing on Twitter. There's there's just been so much in the news these days about the the volatile transitions that have happened at Twitter. Um, but yeah, this whole idea of firing the CEO, I think that that is, that's common when you have a, uh, an acquisition because a person wants to set their leadership team in place. 
But I, I think that the more interesting thing that I'm seeing is um, we could definitely talk about the replacement of a CEO and what happens in mergers or acquisitions or whatever the case may be. But um, the layoffs of the team, to my knowledge, right, we don't know if he's got a full download of the team. But um, without respect of who are key performers, what projects are people working on, what institutional knowledge do they have? And so he's just coming in and it's like, it's like the opposite of Oprah. Like, she's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> and he's like, you leave your job, you leave your job, you leave your job. So it's very interesting. But I'll, I'll pause right there. I've got a ton I could, I could say about it. But uh, what do you think, Summer? Yes. I mean, as an HR pro, it's really fascinating to watch this play out. I mean, you know, we work in a space, Joey, where uh, layoffs, as you mentioned, mergers and acquisitions are a common thing. and you know, I've always been of the mindset that you don't want to go in and, you know, make these huge, massive changes immediately if you can prevent it, because just the ripple effect that it has on the organization uh, can can be significant. And in this article, uh, some of the items that I wanted to point out is that uh, in addition to firing the CEO, he fired the board and that there's been uncertainty about, you know, if and when he could begin to do larger scale layoffs. And there was um, an assistant finance professor quoted uh, from San Jose State University who said that, you know, he, he thinks that there will be a lot of layoffs and that it's, you know, primarily because uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter for a premium, um, that they're struggling to turn a profit, and that uh, Musk might also want to, you know, as quickly as possible weed out employees who just simply don't believe in his mission. So, you know, he kind of ended his quote in this article saying, you know, you don't want to have frantically scared employees working for you. That doesn't motivate people. And I thought, you know, that was the biggest takeaway related to. Um, the advice and counsel that we provide uh, to businesses. And, you know, I, I think it's really, really important to take note and, um, you know, think about what we can learn uh, from this, you know, if we're in the small business space on perhaps not what, to, what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm looking at this topic from a whole lot of different angles, right. Uh, as a uh, business owner, as uh, HR pro, as a content creator, as someone who is uh, who works with brands to do campaigns on Twitter, uh, I'm I'm hearing the the streets are talking and saying, you know, we're pausing any major movement or investment on Twitter because we just don't know if it's going to be uh, the same Twitter or better. We don't know if uh, we want to align ourselves with the new direction that Twitter's going. So the thing that a small business might want to take away from stepping in and essentially blowing up your leadership team and blowing up your uh, some of your staff is that the ripple extends beyond your organization's four walls and into your customers, uh, your brand perspective. And maybe these are all calculated risk and maybe there's a a greater return that that uh, Elon sees, but you have to take that into account when you go in and just radically, uh, radically change stuff. Um, he's even uh, Musk is even talking about like 
he he's basically running Twitter the way that if you if you follow his tweets, the way he runs Tesla, where he'll crowdsource an idea and then if he has a hypothesis about it, he'll want his team to react and and do it immediately. So one of those recent things was, hey, let's let's bring Vine back, right? So um, he has his developers working incredibly fast, no guidance, no sort of rosy picture of how to get there, but they have like a seven day deadline to to bring it back, or uh, you know this whole pay for verification. Um, where, you know, those blue checks, if you have a blue check on Twitter, you're seen as um, reputable. You're, you are who you say you are. You know, it's not just celebrities. It's also nonprofits, news journalists, so on and so forth. But he wants people to pay for that. And uh, that has been abundantly rejected by those who are on Twitter by way of, you know, 6,000 retweets on something that says, retweet if you refuse to pay 20 bucks to be verified uh and he says interesting (laughs) 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 so he's like he's like it's 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 like this mad scientist deal that he has and that could be disruptive to the culture of an organization that was a startup at one point and maybe was frantic and volatile to that degree at some point but now this is a multi-thousand employee organization and so you have to be a little bit more methodical i think with how you institute change and um yeah so the lessons learned from my from my soapbox is just really think about the culture of your organization uh how it will be influenced if you choose to radically disrupt disrupt culture like this and uh what will it mean for your your buyers and your employees i agree i think about I always talk about building the foundation of trust as a leader and being able to motivate through that and how if I was an employee and I saw this happening, I think it would uh, be a little more difficult for me to begin to build that trust and and accept him as my leader because there's a lot of um, fear I think with the uncertainty and and just kind of watching what's going, you know, what's happening and wonder, everybody always wonders, well, like what's next? Like what happens to us and what does that mean? And, you know, I think it's no secret that Musk is a bit unconventional in many of his ways and that he has found a way to be successful. Um, So I, I give him kudos for that. But I think when we look at what we know as the recipe for success and how to build trust and how to motivate people. Um, it's definitely not the way that he's going about it. So I do think that he he definitely has a larger plan, but I do worry about some of the struggles that he's going to encounter with his team um, and what that's going to look like. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, and I think that we'll see more play out likely in the news. Um, and it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, he's very unconventional. I think he builds a, a very close inner circle around him, which, you know, for many successful people, you need that inner circle. But I also would just caution not to um, not to cast aside the value of having a diverse board or a diverse staff, whether that's diversity of thought, whether it's diversity of age, gender, ethnicity, so on and so forth. Um, because historically, if you follow Elon Musk companies, um, 
the diversity piece isn't as embraced. And so um, in a in a forum where he wants to, he basically took over Twitter because he wants to create a place where everyone feels comfortable engaging on, on the internet. Uh, he has to realize too that, you know, everyone means everyone. So respecting <laughs> uh, the diversity that he may not fully have a, a, a grasp or uh, prioritize, and that could be diversity in a whole host of things. Um, but just not being so singularly focused on, here's my hypothesis. I believe people are going to respond well to this, and I'm going to uh, drive my team to make this happen, even if we haven't tested it or gotten feedback from anyone. Yeah, I think the last thing I wanted to mention about this specifically, and curious, of course, Joey, if you have more to share, but you know, reflecting back on you know the article that started our conversation and uh, the assistant finance professor's um, you know thoughts on on what's going to happen, you know, he he did mention, uh, as I indicated earlier, that you know he thinks Musk might be trying to weed out those employees who don't believe in his mission, and so. You know, I think about uh, that there's certainly employees there who I think are more comfortable in this space of uncertainty and watching what's happening around them. And, you know, perhaps through, um, you know, just kind of uh, prior observations of Musk, like in the media, uh, have built some sort of connection with him that they they maybe feel a little more trusting. Um just based on his eye in the public. But um, I don't think that that number um, of those types of team members are going to be enough. So I think, you know, Musk and his his team will definitely need to look for alternative strategies in how to retain these team members because I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that there was like a mass exodus um, just based on the uncertainty, um, and that can be pretty damaging, you know, when they're, you know, when they're already going through so much change. Right, right. Could you just imagine like a, a mass exodus of, uh, you know, Twitter's downtown SF office, and then people just walking into LinkedIn, like, hey, here I am. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I feel like it's events such as this where you have, um, I, I'm certain they have many extremely talented, best of the best in Twitter mm -hmm. who kind of look at each other and go, hey, you know that idea we've been floating around for a while about us kind of getting together and starting our own whatever it is? Wouldn't be surprised if this is... Uh, this is what motivates them to make that leap and and start their own business. Yeah, I a thousand percent can see that because, and who knew we'd spend so much time talking about uh, Twitter and, and Elon, but it's it's all very fascinating. Um, we had we had mentioned in an earlier episode about how um, hiring freezes at big tech were a, a great opportunity for small businesses and startups and uh, folks who want to launch really cool ideas. That also means that the the product manager at, at Twitter who says, I want to go start my own thing with my group of friends, take this severance package, take whatever I need to do to, to survive, but go after it. Because at this point, you know, there's really nothing to lose. It's either 
work in a place where I may feel uncomfortable and uncertain of the direction of the organization or go launch that thing that I really, really wanted to to do all the time. So it's likely that two to five years from now, we're going to be talking about the next best tech tool. Hopefully it's a tool for good, right? But the next best tech tool and their origin story is going to be, yeah, my old boss came in at my my boss came in at Twitter and let everybody go, and I said this was my shot to go and 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 do and chase my dreams. So it'll be very interesting to see how it all turns out. And if you are one of those folks that that's leaving, uh, you know, I wish you the best and reach out to us because we'll help you with your HR. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you said that, Joey, because as you were talking, I was actually thinking, hmm, I know we're recruiting for a couple of positions that they have some pretty amazing talent at Twitter. Maybe yeah. we should start doing some outreach. And, uh, you know, then I just kind of had that aha moment of like, okay, yes, like Twitter, your team members are going to be top of the list for all of the recruiters that source for top talent. So I don't know, it's gonna be a tough time. So, so that 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 leads us into uh, our next segment because I really do think that um, maybe Elon could benefit from a day of manager training, right? So uh, we were asked uh, by our community, and we're transitioning into Consultants Corner. So this is Consultants Corner. This is where we talk about our uh, experience from the trenches, the good, the bad, the ugly about being a consultant in the space. And uh, this was a question from the community, and it says, if we were going to give managers a one-day training, what should it include? So Summer has a list of things that she's, that she's listed that I think are incredibly awesome. So we're, we're going to march through her list, and I'll help paint some context. Sure thing. So I I was really excited to see this question come through because I feel like there has never been enough manager training. And we see that translate to unhappy teams, ineffective leadership, unhappy managers. I mean, the list goes on and on of, you know, the result of not giving managers appropriate managerial training, because let's face it, Joey, in most companies, managers become managers, not necessarily because they're amazing people leaders. They often become managers because of seniority, and there's not typically additional training that they're given on how to be a manager. We're just expecting them to figure it out. That's right. And it's such a shame that it's been this way for so long, and we haven't taken a collective pause as uh, a workforce to say, hey, this isn't working. Um, But I think you have some really great ideas on if someone were to come to a jumpstart, one day manager boot camp, maybe somewhere on a beach or uh, in a cool city. Um, what what should we teach them so that they can go back and be effective? So what's the first thing that you had in mind? So in no specific order, uh, the first one that I wanted to chat about is performance management. This is a pretty common area uh, that we support um, as consultants with our clients. Uh, they'll reach out to us. We'll discuss, you know, really what's happening with the team member and their performance and coach the manager and teach them um, how to get the results that they're looking for. And, you know, when I think about from a proactive standpoint, if we were to set up 
uh, managers with this type of training, how much more effective they would be in addressing performance, um, even in smaller bites, which is my approach, um, you know, not waiting until something becomes so big that it feels like it might be impossible to recover from. First of all, you know, training in and of itself is a great way to boost engagement because what you're allowing someone to do is learn a new skill that they get to roll out in your organization. So um, I, I, I think that uh, more companies, as you set your agendas and budgets for 2023, I know internally we've, we've recalibrated our training and what that looks like for our team. Uh, you should be looking at how you can invest in your managers because they have a ripple effect on the performance of your of your of your employee. I would say performance management uh, if you know there was nothing else that time was spent on I, I do think is uh, is pretty high up there on the priority list. Uh, you know I was trying to think of well what's my number one? <clears throat> but I think that this is so important because if you have a team member that's underperforming, then ideally you have managers equipped with the tools from the training to be able uh, to help turn this team member around. I mean, because that is the goal to help them be successful. Um, and also if um, you have a team member who has high potential, finding ways to continue to challenge that individual so that they don't get bored, uh, so that they don't feel the need to leave uh, to uh, grow within the organization. I think there's two sides of it. Uh, we're typically uh, engaged on the, hey, help me handle this team member who's not quite cutting it. Uh, but I think it's important to note that there's really two sides to performance management. Also, you know, goal setting and ensuring that team members are aligned with, you know, individual um, uh, department and or company goals, uh, because without that, you'll have team members kind of going in, in all different directions, and it's hard to bring them together if you're trying to get that alignment further down the road versus from the very start. Yeah, and, and performance management is such a critical thing because what it really is, is your ability to uh, manage accountability and coaching in an organization. And so some particular aspects of your performance management module might be, you know, uh, identifying and eliminating bias, how to have great coaching conversations. Uh, when do you know an employee is coachable when they're not? Um, how do you know or what are some of the tools and strategies to or templates to walk through really good performance conversations? Um, so all of this goes into making your manager stronger and making your team stronger because they'll be better at your manager will be better at uh, raising everybody up and holding into the appropriate standards. I love it. I, I would say that one of the items that came to mind that really could kind of be lumped into the same one that, that I was thinking of was uh, ensuring managers are trained on how to inspire and motivate their team. I mean, it is ultimately part of performance management, but I think Going back to what I was mentioning earlier, sometimes uh, there's just this intense focus on performance management is like an underperforming team member, uh, but it's not. The other item I wanted to chat about, Joey, was uh, providing managers with training on legal compliance. Now, I think 
there's this misunderstanding that, well, if I'm a manager, like I don't need to know legal compliance and, you know, that wage and hour stuff, that's all HR. So I'm just going to do whatever HR says and I'm going to be good. But the, the fortunate thing that happens sometimes is managers will do stuff without going to HR. And it's unfortunate when you don't know the right thing, but it is a huge, huge benefit when managers do know the right thing and they can make the right legal call without having to consult HR. Yeah. And some of the examples that I just wanted to chat about, I know these are probably pretty common for you, Joey, but for our listeners that may not, uh, may not be as familiar, the training that I would typically provide to a manager is still very high level, but it's, it's very essential. So for example, um, when it comes to wage and hour, knowing that in certain states there are break requirements and knowing the nuances of those break requirements so that as a company you don't face potential fines and, well, you know, that you have happy employees. But also I think about interviewing. So managers are often involved in the interviewing process and different states have, well, now, a plethora of different things that you can't ask. And so understanding, you know, where this job is posted um, and where you're recruiting from, some of those nuances, ensuring that managers are aware of what they, you know, what they can't ask is really, really important because you don't want them, you know, unintentionally breaking the law, but also putting your company at risk. And I, I think it's overall just kind of a poor reflection on the company as well. If managers aren't equipped with just some of that basic knowledge that a manager should have. Right, right. The risk is the big thing. And it also segues into culture too, because if you have a culture that is um, unethical or immoral or makes people uncomfortable about pushing the, the limits of the law, that can be in and of itself uh, a reason for people to, to be disengaged or to want to, to, to move to another organization. Absolutely. And I'm sure you have a couple uh, topics that you would include in a one-day manager training. So what do you think? Like what, what comes to mind? Wow. Well, so for a, a manager one-day training, I would absolutely include performance management. I think that is the... the uh, one of the most important things, but what I would, I would probably just get to the basics of what does it mean to be a manager? Like making sure that everyone that walked out of the training had a clear understanding of what the, the textbook definition of what it means to be a manager and kind of hold that like here. Right. But then have a, a conversation about what it means to be a, a leader and uh, someone who helps move an organization forward. And really try to inspire because if, I mean, textbook, I mean, a manager is someone who helps maintain, right? Maintains order, maintains ecosystem. If something is uh, performing at a low level, you're supposed to bring it up at a high level, right? But a leader can help even push those barriers a little bit more in a good way. So I would add, uh, you know, what does it take to be an effective leader? Uh, that might include persuasion. That might include goal setting. That might include, you know, just um, checking your company's vision and values and making sure you're aligned in how you execute things. I would start there because we we could probably ask 10 people what it means to be a manager. And it'll probably say 10 entirely different things. And so just more 
more concrete understanding of what a manager is, what the role is, and how you can take that next step to be maybe an influential leader or a coach or something like that. I do. I think that is so important. And I I love to see organizations when they invest in this type of training and follow up with them six, 12 or more months down the road to hear um, just real life examples of how it's transformed their organization. And I think it is an ongoing effort. So it's not, you know, like most trainings, uh, it's not just a one time and you can check the box and expect to have fantastic results. But uh, the last item that I wanted to mention, because I know we're kind of short on time, is communication training. And I've seen this Uh, in organizations uh, be uh, such an incredible tool. Uh, And, you know, some some companies will do like DISC training or Insights training or other similar branded training, but ultimately it is understanding more about one's self and the different styles that exist and being able to recognize um, the different styles by going through the training with the understanding that we may be different, but if we understand it uh, and we uh, we apply it um, in our life, then we can find a way of meeting in the middle and having less miscommunication. Yeah. And um, having having gone through those trainings in the past, if we could take every manager through it, I think it would make the biggest difference in the world. Well, and, and, and we can because we have a certified DISC coach on our team. So if you're interested in getting your assessment for yourself or for your team, uh, we can we can make that happen. Uh, we're, we're slightly over time, so I wanted to maybe give you, Summer, any parting thoughts or additional topics that you would include in a one day. So do you have anything else that you would want to include or did we, did we cover all the bases? I did have one more, but I don't think we need to talk about it because it's pretty self-explanatory, but it is training managers how to have effective one-on-one meetings um, instead of just freestyling it every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so key. That's so key. Things like agenda setting, pre-planning, following the script, uh, keeping appropriate time. Uh, when something should be a meeting, when something should be an email, when something should be maybe more collaborative. Uh, yeah, all those things. So, no, I think this is a pretty comprehensive list. And for you that's uh, tuning in, I hope you have your um, your your engine fired up about what this, this could mean for your team. Uh, so if you would like manager training, of course, that's something that we do. So reach out to us at... Uh, jumpstart-hr.com and if you have a question that you would want us to talk about within uh, Consultants Corner, go ahead and reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com So this has been episode 50 of While We Were Working a show that helps you become a better leader of a small business for a small team. Look forward to seeing you next week and have a great week. See everyone. For more HR strategies that will take your company to the next level, visit whilewewereworking.com.